Good morning, Nachum. Good morning, Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Bo. With Parshas Bo, we are off and running. What does that mean? That aside from having the last three of the Makos brought on the Egyptian people, in Parshas Bo, we have the offering of the first Korban Pesach and the actual Yitzias Mitzrayim. As we read later on in the Parsha, literally, Bayom Hazeh, at the end of chapter 12, the last verse, Bahi Be'etzem Bayom Hazeh, we didn't sneak out of Egypt, we left literally mid the day, Hotzi Hashem, Hashem took out the children of Israel, literally in their legions. So it is an exceedingly rich parsha. As we know, the very first Rashi on the Torah begins with Amor Rabbi Yitzchak, some suggesting that Rabbi Yitzchak is referring to his father, Rashi being the acronym for Reb Shlomo Yitzchaki, but whether it's his father or not, Rashi begins by saying the teaching that really the Torah, our constitution, should begin with laws, and specifically which one? The law of Kiddush HaChodesh, the Jewish calendar, because this is the first mitzvah that was given to the Jewish people as a people in Egypt. In fact, interesting to know that there are three mitzvos in the book of Bereshis, and the observance of these three mitzvos, the Rambam writes in his commentary to Perish HaMishnayis in the seventh chapter of Chulun, is that even though they're found in the book of Bereshis, one, the mitzvah purvu, to have children, two, the mitzvah of mila, circumcision, three, the mitzvah of ginanosheh, in reality, these three mitzvahs are observed not because they are found in the Torah, in the book of Bereshis, but because they are found and repeated given by Hashem to Moshe in latter parts of the Torah. So, now, the first mitzvah that was given to the Jewish people, and certainly as a people, is that of Kiddush HaChodesh, the Jewish calendar. And clearly the Torah says <clears throat> that, A, this month, meaning the month that you are leaving Egypt, this is to be the first of the months, and as the Ramban tells us, interesting to note from the Torah, there are no names to the uh, no names to the months, just as there are no names to the days of the week in Judaism. Right? Today is Yom Hashishi. Today is the sixth day of the week, and there's only one day that has a name, namely Shabbos, because we focus on Shabbos each and every day, in actuality fulfilling the mitzvah of one of the 
Zohar to remember Shabbos daily. And so, similarly, writes the Ramban, there are no names to the months of the year. And so when the Torah tells us at the end of the fourth book that Aaron HaKohen died in the 40th year, in the fifth month, it is the fifth month from Nisan. And when the Torah teaches in Parshas Emor that Rosh Hashanah is to be in the seventh month, it is the seventh month from counting from when we left Egypt. Interestingly, the names of the months that we are in now, that we are now in the month of Shvat, these names came to us when we returned to Israel after the Babylonian exile, after the first base of Migdash was destroyed, and we were 70 years in Babel, and when we came back, as a way of saying thank you to Hashem and redeeming us from the Babylonian exile, we kept as a relic of that exile and a reminder to us that we are no longer in Babylon, we kept those names, and so we have now names of the month as well. The calendar has been given to the Jewish people. What does that mean? It means that each and every month two witnesses came and when they were interrogated and they were approved by members of the Sanhedrin who knew astronomy and who knew precisely where in the sky the moon would have been to have its appearance, and they asked the witnesses to show pictures on the wall. Was it like this? Was it like that? So it's an interesting phenomena. If indeed they knew exactly to the second when and where the moon should be, why do we need the witnesses at all? And so much so that if, listen carefully now, there is no February in Jewish calendar, meaning there's always a month of 29 days. The question is, what's tomorrow? Is tomorrow going to be, quote, day 30? Is tomorrow going to be day 1? Because witnesses are going to come, and they're going to offer testimony, and the testimony is going to be accepted by the Sanhedrin, and the Sanhedrin is going to recite, Mekudosh HaChodesh Mekudosh, that we sanctify the month. And unless they make that pronouncement of sanctification, the month is not sanctified, and it was a cloudy night after day 29, and nobody saw it, so the next day becomes automatically day 30, and the next day becomes automatically day 1. There is no continuation of day 31, etc., 32. Fine. Now, number one, we need, and God is inviting a very important principle, as we're going to develop in a moment, members of the Jewish people to come and to offer testimony, and then and only then our judicial body, the Sanhedrin, and delegates thereof, pronounce the formula of sanctification, and then the month becomes sanctified. And not only that, included in this, writes the Chinuch and the Rambam, is the mitzvah of Ibur Shonim. That because the lunar year, which is how we follow the calendar, We've, our months are lunar months, 29 and a half days. Only there's not a, such a thing as a half a day, so it's either 29 days or 30 days. But the lunar calendar is 11 days shorter than the solar calendar of 365. The lunar calendar is 354. If we're going to just follow 
a lunar calendar, then after seven years, we're going to be 77 days behind, eight years, 88 days behind, and so we're going to be observing Pesach eight years later in the middle of the winter time. And the Torah warns us in several places, including at the end of Bo and in Pashas Re'ei, right? The Torah says that you are to take note of the fact that Hashem took you out in the springtime, and in Parshas Re'ei, the Torah says very clearly, Shamor, be careful to observe Chodesh Aviv, the month of springtime, and then Yosisa Pesach. So in order to have the calendar sync, both that our holidays should follow the lunar cycle, and yet the solar, so it shall be in the springtime, the rabbis instituted that seven out of 19 years is a leap year. Now, let's focus on one very fascinating medrash, which I believe is going to give additional insight into this very first mitzvah, the Jewish calendar, as to why this might have been chosen as the first mitzvah to give to the Jewish people. And I quote from the Medrash Rabbah on the Pasuk, HaChodesh Lochem, and it happens to be paragraph 24, Chavdalid in Parsha Tesvav in the Medrash Rabbah. And the Medrash says the following, Horoes HaLevana, when we see the Levana, and we have the practice of Kiddush Levana, Heich Tzorach Levarech, what is the Nusach, what's the text of the Bracha? So the Medrash gives three possibilities. One, Yeshmi Rabbonon Amrim, some of the rabbis taught, Baruch Mechadesh Chodoshim. And that's what we recite. Baruch Ato Hashem, blessed are you God, Mechadesh Chodoshim. Number two, Yeshmi Amrim, others said, Baruch Mechadesh Chodoshim. Blessed are you God, who sanctifies the months. And we're going to see a Malbim that says, interestingly, that prior to the Jewish people sanctifying the months, who did it? Hashem. And finally, listen to this third one, V'yesh mehem omrim, and other rabbis said, it's not Mechadesh, not Mechadesh, but listen, Mechadesh Yisrael. Wow! That God sanctifies the Jewish people. Why? She'in aim Yisrael mekachin also, because if we the Jewish people do not sanctify the month, ain also kadosh klum, then there's no sanctification. God has given over this responsibility slash privilege to the Jewish people to sanctify the months. So this is a very important concept that the Medrash is teaching us that Hashem in Mitzrayim sanctified the Jewish people and told us to, quote, Run with this trait of Kedusha. You are a holy people. So first of all, let's understand what the parasha is teaching us. One, that we were slaves in Egypt, and we went from slavery to free men. But if that's where you stop, you are wrong. There is... As I told you, if I didn't, I'm sorry. According to the Chinuch, there are 20 mitzvos in this week's parsha, Nine positive mitzvos and 11 restrictions.
if one turns to the Chinuch, to Mitzvah Tes Zayin, the 16th Mitzvah in the Torah, is not to break a bone of the Karpan Pesach. One is to have a lamb chop for dessert, and basically, I don't have to tell you, oftentimes, especially if nobody's watching, you're going to take the lamb chop, and you're going to take the bone, bone and you're going to break it, because you're going to suck out the, the meat and the marrow that's left there, because you're going to enjoy it. The Torah says, I'm warning you, don't you dare, don't do that, it's a lab, it's a los, I say, don't do it. You can get makos for that, why, why? Because you are aristocracy, and it's not the nature of aristocrats, of royalty, to eat in such a way, it's only poor people. And even if you might be in a poor state at any particular year, you were freed as aristocracy, as royalty. So we go from slavery, not just to freedom, to aristocracy. But now the Medrash is showing us that we're going not just from freedom to aristocracy, we're going from freedom to sanctity, that God has sanctified the Jewish people. Now what does that mean? It means, number one, just like the Malbim says, in this week's parsha, that quote, he quotes the Medrash, Sha'arata until now, God gives us the capacity, God was the one who sanctified the months, and now he says, I'm giving it to you. This is a form of our emulating God. The 611th mitzvah is for man to, to emulate God as he is kind, so are we. As he is merciful, so are we. And we can add to that list now. As he is holy and sanctifies, so do we. And so, please God, tonight, what are we going to do? We're going to lift up our cups of wine, and we're going to recite the Kiddush. Wait a minute. We're at 5,780 years too late. Hashem already sanctified the Shabbos. But the answer is yes. He says to us, I did it. I want you to do the same. We add our sanctification, and indeed the Jew is to sanctify not just the time in terms of the holidays, and it's interesting. Lo adu rosh, it's amazing that we control the holidays. What does that mean? It means that Rosh Hashanah cannot be on a Sunday. You want to know why? If Rosh Hashanah was on a Sunday, Hoshana Rabu would be on a Shabbos. So what? But then you couldn't clap that Hoshana, and the Minog is so strong, and Rosh Hashanah can't be on a Wednesday, and it can't be on a Friday, you want to know why? Because we don't want Yom Kippur on either or a Friday or a Sunday so on those days, Sunday Wednesday, Friday you ready? If that was to be the day following 29 of Elul there was a big sign on the Bezdin door, Bezdin is closed because we control time it's not just in the abstract that we control time and for the holidays, but each and every one of us has the capacity on each and every day to make part of our time 
and indeed our lives wholly. The time that you set aside each person, whether you're learning the daf or you're learning anything, whatever you're learning, that time should be holy, set, and appreciate. And your day revolves around my lunch hour, when I get home, my this, my that, and my time for chesed. That is holy, that a person designates, that to understand the first mitzvah that was given to us was not only the calendar, but to recognize that man has the capacity to inject holiness into the world in general and into his personal world and his personal day. Shabbat Shalom to all.